Hey, this is Sam Veras for Victory Ministries, and I would like to um, thank you for tuning in. We have got something that is very important that I want to share with you today. It's probably one of the most overlooked, but yet the most important thing that's happening in our society today, and that is offense. Now, Jesus said that it's impossible, but that offenses come. So we know that offenses are going to come. Offen being offended is not a sin but staying offended is a sin. And it is hard to live a life where people will say awful things about you, about your children. The enemy knows how to get you and, and say these awful things and you not to be offended. But staying offended and realizing that it's not that person, but it is the enemy speaking through that person will help you to, to get to a place where that you can forgive them and just because you forgive somebody does not mean that you have them over to your house for chicken. And um, it is important that you know that. You can forgive somebody, but you do not have to have a close relationship with them when you forgive them. And it is important for us to understand that offenses are gonna come, but it is also equally important to understand that an offense that comes can steal you of your revelation of who Jesus is. Now that sounds like that is huge, but I'm going to go through and we're going to systematically look at scripture and see how an offense can steal the revelation of who Jesus is. And if it can steal it from somebody that's great, it can steal it from anybody. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now to be offended is something that it seems like People are offended today at anything. They get offended because somebody cuts down a tree. They get offended if somebody plants a tree. They get offended if somebody uses, uh, I've seen churches break up because somebody got offended at the color of the carpet. I've seen somebody get offended at the price of, of pews. I've seen somebody get offended because of the price of chairs. I've seen people get offended over uh, moving a piano that didn't work anymore, but their great grandfather gave it to the church and they left the church over a piano that didn't work and just silly stuff but offenses are to come in and they're to steal from you they're not something that's going to help you they're to steal from you and it's important that we know that we don't offend somebody on purpose and if we find out that we've offended someone it is up to you to make sure that you go to them ask them to forgive you if they don't forgive you you've done everything that God has asked and required of you by going to them and seeking their forgiveness their forgiveness is hinged on them not you because if you go to them and you ask them to forgive you and they say I just can't forgive you that's between them and Jesus you've done everything that you're supposed to do but we are in a society now where offense is chic to be offended is a chic thing they people think that it's amazing and you know it and I know it everybody seems to get offended about everything so how do we go through life and deal with offenses. Well, I want to show you that offenses will come, but that we're supposed to deal with them. But we have to also understand if we remain offended, if we allow the enemy to offend us and we let that thing come into our heart, seep into our heart, it will steal the very revelation of who Jesus is.
Now you say, can you prove that? I'm glad you asked. Everything that we do on this podcast, we want to be able to say we have scripture to back it up. And it's not just one scripture. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. It's scripture that's in the context in which it's written at. Because you can take one scripture and take it out of context and make it say anything. We want you to be strengthened by the word of God. And the way that we do that is no scriptures given for any private interpretation. Now you might say that and you say, well, everybody interprets things different, but we don't have to have it say something that it does not say because if it's written in the if you quote it in the context that it's written you read above it and beneath it and you make sure that it that it uh, coexists with the character of God you will get the meaning that it's supposed to have I'm going to start in Luke the seventh chapter and I'm just going to read the 28th verse because this is important in Luke the seventh chapter the 28th verse we're talking about John the Baptist John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was so important because he would actually tell that the Messiah was coming. He was born to tell that the Messiah was coming. John the Baptist has some distinctive things happen. One, his father didn't want to name him John, and he was stricken dumb until and couldn't speak until he wrote it down. His name's going to be John because they that was supposed to be his name, and the angel didn't want him to miss it. Secondly, we also understand that at the name of Jesus, that very infant inside of of uh, of uh, the belly, it it responded to that name of Jesus, and the Bible says that John was filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit inside his mother's womb. So we know that, that God did some special things for John. John was a preacher of repentance. He believed that and, and he baptized people, not as we baptize now. And some people say, well, I want to be baptized like John baptized. He baptized them into repentance. And what that meant was, is he would baptize them and he would tell them, you need to, you need to come into repentance and be sorry for your sin. There was no savior. There was no Messiah. So they couldn't be born again, but they could understand their, their need for a Messiah being baptized into repentance. Secondly, John pointed the way and said, there is coming one that's greater than I am and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He was pointing the way to Jesus and in John in, in Luke the 7th chapter at the 28th verse this is speaking of John and Jesus writes this this is red letters for I say among you I, I say unto you among those born of a woman that is anybody that's born of a woman that's everybody there is none not greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He was saying John has the greatest responsibility because John was born to be a prophet, to, to lead people to the Messiah, to point out that the Messiah was coming, who he would be and what he would do. So, so it is very important that we understand among those born of a woman, there was none greater than John. I'm going to say that time and time again through this particular podcast because I want you to understand Jesus saying that John was so important because he had the message. Now, in John, the first chapter, I'm talking about St. John, the first chapter, the gospel of John, excuse me, this, uh, the first chapter, I'm going to start at the 29th verse. I'm going to read because it is so important that you get this. In the 29th verse, John 1, the 29th verse, it starts out by saying, 
The next day, John seeing Jesus coming, this is after he had baptized Jesus, he saw the Spirit of God descending on Jesus like a dove, and it remained on Jesus. And God told him, he said, anyone that you see the Spirit of God coming down and remaining on, that is going to be the Messiah. So John knew Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the one that would wash away the sins of the world. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John knew this because of what God had spoken to him, and he knew his ministry was to do that. And then John said these words, I must decrease so that he may increase. But I want to show you something. The next day John seeing Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Now that's a pretty amazing statement. John is saying, this is the Lamb of God. This is the one that we've been waiting for. And he not only is the Lamb of God, he's going to take away the sins of the world. That is a huge statement. He did not receive that of his own. He received that by revelation of God. And he speaks these words. And when John speaks these words, he speaks them to his disciples and to those that are around. John had disciples. He had men that was following him. And John said, this is the one, you. this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Then the next verse in the 31st. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh the man which is preferred before me. For he was, was before me, and I knew him not. But he that should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I am come baptizing with water. John said, he was before me. He is the, he is the Lamb of God. He is the Messiah. Everything that I have done up until now is to point the way to him. And then he says this, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, it stayed upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me, the person that told me to baptize, he's saying the Spirit of God, the revelation of God, to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou seest, uh, shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which will baptize with the Holy Ghost. John said, God had told me that when I see this, that is the indicator, that is the spot, that is the person. You don't need to look any further. That is the Messiah. That is the Son of God, the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sins of the world. That's a huge revelation, isn't it? If you think about it, it's the, it's the largest revelation that anybody could ever have about anything because we're talking about the Messiah. There's only one, the Lamb of God, the one that taketh away the sins of the world. You can't be wrong on this. And John says, the one that sent me to baptize, the one that set me into ministry, the one that did everything for me, told me that when I see him, this is the sign of how I would see him. And when I see him, this is him. So John bears record to everyone around him, this is the Lamb of God. He receives it by revelation of God and he reveals it by that same revelation. All right, now... He says, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And then he says this, and I saw and I bear record that this is the Son of God. 34th verse, let me say it again. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. John is saying, I saw it. Now I'm telling it and I'm bearing you record that my entire ministry was built on this one thing. This is the Lamb of God. This is the, and then he says this, this is the Son of God. 
That's a pretty huge and bold statement that John would say. And then we go on to the 36th verse. Again, the next day. Now, this is important. The next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, he's standing up and he's looking down and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. He is continuing to minister out of the revelation that Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus hasn't spoke a word. He's saying, the one that sent me revealed unto me that he is the Messiah. So you could say of anybody, John had the first revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. John's whole entire ministry was to reveal that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus, Jesus said that John was the forerunner. John was the forerunner to declare there was one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to lace in. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When Jesus wanted to be baptized of John, John said, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, suffer it to be so. Jesus didn't need to be baptized in repentance. He had never sinned. But he did it because it was the beginning of the ministry and it was the way to begin for mankind. Although Jesus was 100% God, he was still 100% flesh and he did everything according to the law and he made sure that there was not one jot or one tittle that wasn't fulfilled and he made sure that that was done. He was baptized of the lesser so that the greater could be seen. Now, here is, this is, to me, this is a pretty amazing thing. After John is ministering and he tells Herod that he shouldn't have Herod's stepdaughter and he says you shouldn't have her, there is a problem. He, because Herod married his, his sister's bro, his brother's wife and he gets into trouble. Because John says you shouldn't take her and all of a sudden Herod takes John prisoner. When Herod takes John prisoner, John is sentenced to jail. And as John is in prison, there's something about Herod had a respect for John. We know that he respected him because he understood that John told the truth even when the truth was difficult. John could have backed up and said, Herod, it's okay. You can marry her. There's no problem. But John said, it's against, it's, it's against morality and you shouldn't be doing that. And as a king, you shouldn't be doing that. Even though you might have a right to do it, it's still sin and it's wrong. And Herod uh, respected John. But Herod gets caught up and into a situation where the queen's daughter dances for him. And the queen is, 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 uh, she hates John because John tells the truth. But we won't, we'll get into all of that in just a moment. But I want to tell you what happens to John. And John is in prison. Jesus is ministering. And Jesus' exploits are being told all over the, all over Jerusalem. And you know what? I can, uh, as we hear, as we'll see, John hears about it in his prison. Now, I want you to think for just a second. John is a preacher of righteousness. He's done all the right things, but now he's in prison. 
Jesus hasn't visited him because Jesus is busy about the Father's business. John's ministry was to declare that there was one coming after me who is preferred before me and he's greater than me. John was declared that the Messiah was coming and he did. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He not only said that, but he says on the next day, he says, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He says, he is the Son of God. That is a huge revelation. And he did not receive this of flesh and blood. He got it from the Heavenly Father. And as John has been sharing this, and as John has been talking about this, now John is in prison. Now in prison, in that dark place in prison, there's a lot of things that come. Doubt, unbelief, fear, anguish, all the things that we would expect in prison. And something happens, and and we're going to do some detective work here, and I'm going to show you what stole John's revelation, and you're going to walk away from this and say, guess what? If If John could lose his revelation of who Jesus was, I could lose mine because Jesus said among those born of a woman, there was none greater than John. So it's important that we understand that the thing that stole John's revelation can steal yours if it's allowed to fester, if it's allowed to grow. Yeah, I know that some of you are old enough to, re- to remember uh, Andy Griffith. And in, in the Andy Griffith show, Barney Five would say, nip it in the bud. That's what we have to do with this. When the enemy comes in like this and tries to bring an offense to us, we must stop it before it grows. If it's allowed to grow, it will literally grow up and steal the our revelation of who Jesus is, how good he is, that he's the son of God, that he's, that he's everything that he's supposed to be. Now remember, among those born of a woman, there's none greater than John. Jesus said that. And, and I want you to look, we're going to go to Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we're going to find John in prison. It's dark, it's, it's a tough place. Herod doesn't, Herod has a respect for John because John is a man of God who tells the truth. But we're finding John in a dark place and John says something. In Matthew, the uh, 11th chapter, we're going to begin at the very first verse and I want to read this to you. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of his commandments, commanding his 12, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. He was busy about preaching and teaching the kingdom. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, the works of Christ, we're talking about the lame walk, the dumb hear, the poor have the gospel preached to them. He's hearing about Lazarus coming out of a tomb that was four days stinking. He's hearing about, you know, the great signs that, that people that was born blind are, are now seeing. He's hearing about the leopards that are cleansed. He's hearing about uh, funerals that were broken up because Jesus said, get up when they were dead. He's hearing about the works that Jesus does that nobody else can do. Now, he's hearing about the works that he had prophesied would come because he said he's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So John surely would not lose that revelation because that revelation is something that John told all his disciples about. And it wasn't a one-time thing. He even said it the very next day and declared he was the Son of God. But let's see what happens. Now, when John heard it in the prison, the works of, of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Hmm. And he said unto him, unto the, unto the disciples, Art, I want you to ask him, Art thou he that should come, 
or do we look for another? In other words, John is saying this. Is this the Messiah? Is this the way it's supposed to be? Or do we look for another? We can go back and say, but John, didn't you say that he was the Messiah? Didn't you declare he was the Messiah? Didn't you say that he was the Lamb of God to take it away the sins of the world? Didn't you say that he was the Lamb of God and that he was the Son of God? Now you're asking your disciples to go to Jesus and ask him if he really is the, the, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, like John said that he was, that John had revelation that he was, or do we expect another? In other words, I know I hear the signs and I, I hear about the wonders, but if he's doing all these signs and wonders, why am I stuck in this jail cell? Sometimes we can hear about what Jesus is doing in other parts of the world and we say, yeah, that's great, but why am I in the mess that I'm in? It does not change who Jesus is. And if you're going through a trial or a tribulation and you say, well, I... Uh, you got to be very careful that you don't allow that trial or tribulation to allow you to be offended in the fact that Jesus hasn't gotten you out of it yet and you lose the revelation that he is a deliverer, that he is a healer, that he is the, uh, the savior, that he is everything that he says he is and that he can do everything that he says he can do. Now, it is funny that when the disciples go to Jesus, he doesn't just turn to them and say, you go tell John that I am the Messiah. Jesus doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't declare himself that way. What Jesus does is, and I want you to see this, this is in, this is in the fourth verse. Jesus answered when the disciples came to Jesus, John's disciples, and they said, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we are supposed to be looking for? Or do we look for another? Jesus doesn't answer them the way that you would think. Jesus, look at this, answered and said unto them, Go and show John again. Wow. Why would he say again? Well, John had it the first time and he lost it. So he's going, he's going to tell him he needs a fresh revelation of who I am because he's lost it in the darkness of the prison. He's lost it in the tribulation that he's been through. He's lost it in the offense that he's, that he's been at because things haven't went his way. Guess what, guys? If John can lose it, we can too. And we need a, we need people coming to us. We need revelation through the Word. We need to be praying and, and not allow offenses or trouble to come in and steal who Jesus really is in our lives and what He should be able to do in our lives. He says, uh, And show John again those things which you do hear and see. In other words, I'm not going to go out the easy way and tell you I'm him. I want you to go tell John what you see and what you hear. I want you to stay in the meetings. I want you to see what, what the Spirit of God does. And then I want you to go back to John and tell him what you know is a fact. Not from my lips, but from the actions of what the Spirit of God does. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, he says all these things, and I want to read it again. He says, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the leopard are cleansed, the, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Everything that was prophesied in the Old Testament that Messiah would do is being done on a regular basis. 
He says, you go tell him what you see and what you hear. Don't tell him what I said, because guess what? That's not going to be enough for him. You got to go tell him what you know in your own heart, what you've seen with your own eyes, what you've heard with your own ears, so that you can tell him. And then he gives us a clue, and we're going to break through this, the reason why John loses his revelation of Jesus. Because he's in prison? No, there's people in prison who get a revelation of Jesus. That's wonderful. They're, because he's going through troubled times, sometimes troubled times make us draw closer to God, not farther away from him. But he loses his revelation of Jesus through this. He tells it in the sixth verse. And we got to kind of, we got to dig through it and, and look at it uh, kind of uh, like a uh, detective. And he said, And blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. And that's how Jesus ends it. In other words, he's saying, the reason why John has lost his revelation of who I am, what I can do, and what God had given him as a revelation, and what he was saying, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God who is the Son of God, the reason why he lost it is because he got offended at his circumstances. He got offended that God didn't deliver him so quickly. He got offended because he went to prison. He got offended that he did the right thing and it's not turned out the way he thought it would turn out. Guys, every one of us can be offended. But if we stay offended long enough, we'll be asking, we'll be seeking somebody else other than Jesus because we will lose our revelation of who he is. If John would have kept his revelation of who he was, he wouldn't have been sending the disciples and saying, is he, is, is it really him or do we look for another? John got offended and had offense ate at his revelation of what God had purposed him for all his life. For the purpose of John was to be a forerunner of Jesus Christ to tell the world that there was someone coming after me who is preferred before me and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. There's somebody coming after me that is the Messiah. He will save you from your sins. There is somebody coming after me who I must decrease so that he may increase. But it seems like that when John was supposed to decrease, he got offended at that and didn't like it. I just want to tell you something today. We can get offended at a lot of things. Do not allow offenses that when they come to stay. The best way to do it is this. God hears my heart. I choose not to be offended. I've had people come and they've tried to destroy me. They've tried to destroy my family. They've made up lies. They did other things. And I'm sure you have too. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow them and their lies to keep me from Jesus. As a matter of fact, and I'm going to share this with you. I believe that it is important for you and I to have Judases in our life. Now, some of you say, I don't like Judas. I don't either. And I don't like Judases. I don't like people stabbing me in the back. But I want you to see what can happen. When Judases come in our life, they cause us to pray more. They cause us to get down on our knees and ask God, God, why? And they cause us to get closer to God because we don't understand what's happened to us. I want to tell you something. Don't allow an offense to take you from God. Allow it to compel you to God by saying, God, yes, I've been offended, but I'm not going to stay offended. I need you to touch me. I want to pray more. I want to seek you more. I want my revelation to be increased because I don't want to lose my revelation and have to hear it again. I want to keep my revelation 
revelation that you are who you said you are. You can do anything that you said you can do. You're my healer. You're my savior. You're the lover of my soul. You're my provider. You're my El Shaddai. You're my all in all and my everything. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You're everything in between. You're the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley. You're the bright morning star. There is nothing impossible with you. And if you can keep that revelation, the only way that you can keep it and build upon it is by not allowing an offense to come in, root it out, steal it away from you, and you see him as nothing else as just another man, and you're waiting on a promise to come that will not come. For he is who he says he is. He is who John said he was. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Messiah. He is the Lamb of God, and he can save us, and he does save us from our sins and save us from ourselves, thank God, and give us a new nature, a new name, a new life, and a new heaven because of who he is and what he's done. He took my sin upon him so that I could take his righteousness upon me. He was made sin who knew no sin that I might know the righteousness of God which is in Christ Jesus. Because of the blood transfusion that I received on Calvary, I can walk as a new man because I believe him at his word. And guess what? He is the Messiah and he is everything and that revelation can't be stole from you if you understand that when an offense comes, it will not stay if you are if you are looking and saying, guess what? I choose Jesus over this offense. I choose forgiveness over this offense. Although they say, may say lies, although they may say horrible things, he says that he loves me. He says that he, that, that he will keep me and uphold me and praise be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I will not allow it to steal my revelation of who he is. Be careful about offenses because when they come and they shall, according to Jesus, offenses shall come. Don't let them remain. Choose to walk in forgiveness and love and that offense will leave and the revelation of Jesus will continue to be strong in your life. Our goal for you is to get you to is to get you to grow in God, get you to grow in the Word, and to let you know that God loves you, He cares for you. We're going to be doing some series on on uh, your giftings. We're going to be doing some uh, uh, series on personalities so that you'll know how, you know, different personalities and how you can work with different people. We want you to be in tune with the Spirit of God. We're going to talk about prophecy. We're going to talk about uh, prophets. Uh, are they dead? Are they alive? Are they a well in the, are, are they alive? Live and well in the church. We're going to be talking about apostles. We're going to be talking about the fivefold ministry working in the church so the church can be effective and do what God's called it to do. And we want you to know your place. The Bible says if you make your giftings and your calling sure, you will never fall. You will never fall. That is an amazing scripture to me. So it is up to us to make sure that we get in the scriptures and we find out what our gifting and what our calling is so that we will never fall. Because we won't, we won't fall because we will know what we're called to do. And every one of us have a purpose. And God wants you to know your purpose and carry it out. For the kingdom depends on you and other people depend on you. This is Sam Barris from Victory Ministries and I believe victory is yours.